You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everybody and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider with my regular co-host Brian Manning. How you doing Brian? I'm good John. Yourself? I'm happy, not happy, in and between, up and down. Right now the news today, the football news today wasn't even player news that was anything relatively significant. It's kind of an upsetting thing. You know, it's good for Daryl, but you know, it looks like we're going to lose Daryl Tapp. And by the time people hear this, we'll probably have lost him. But it looks like the San Francisco 49ers have dropped in on Daryl Tapp and made him an offer he doesn't want to refuse. So Fuente's going to be yeah. out after a new defensive line coach. First of all, the positive side of this is they already have a defensive line coach in tier link. That's a good yeah. thing. So that's not going to kill them there. But the worst part is, is we lose somebody who's going to be a fantastic coach someday, somebody who loves Virginia Tech and who, who's proven to already be making a difference out there in the 757 on the recruiting trail. Losing him hurts. And anybody that loves Virginia Tech, I mean, he's one of the best players that we've had over the last 25 years. And when he came back, I think we were all excited. And to see him go is sad for us, but it's a great opportunity for him. I think a lot of coaches in game is the NFL and Coach Tapp is probably no different. He did have a 12-year NFL career in addition to the time he spent here coming back here last year. I think we're we're mixed emotions in the sadness that he's leaving, but we all want him to do well. So this is the move for him, then we want him to go crush it. Yeah, you know, it reflects on the it's so weird because for the lack of players in the NFL and in the in the college ranks Virginia Tech seems to be churning out coaches, especially really highly valued assistant coaches that are on head coaching tracks, which that's almost as important as players in a lot of respects. So the one thing that we do have, though, is that Tracy Clay's retired. We kind of covered that in the web page. And Jack Tyler was promoted. Not to interrupt you, John, but to be fair, I think Clays was a little bit nudged out the door. So I think what Clays was hired for was to teach Tyler. I think that's specifically what he was there to do. He came here last year because of Jerry Kill was his buddy. And as soon as they were in the works to get him here, Kill took the job down in Texas. And so Clays had already came here. And I'll tell you what, what a waste of a good $500,000 last year. That, nothing personal to the guy. But that guy was flat useless, and Jack Tyler was already doing the job. Jack Tyler was on the field teaching. Jack Tyler was – nobody did recruiting last year as far because we know why, but Jack Tyler already handled most of the responsibilities. So some fans being upset because, oh, it was a lazy hire. That was stupid. He was already doing the job. Yeah, and he's really good at it, and the linebackers love him. In our linebacker core, it's not exactly weak sister. He's popular with the former players, the, the yeah. young players, the, you know, the players he played with. And I love the hire. And it seems like the recruits who dealt with Jack and some of the younger players, they were all, I mean, there was a lot of people congratulating him on Twitter. So what a success yeah. story. I mean, yeah, the kid is a walk-on. He was one of those Beamer special walk-ons who just showed up and ended up walking onto the team 
and not only then making the team as a walk-on that year, but then playing like almost all four years, at least fully three of the four years. And I know the first year he played, he spent a lot of time on the field, not on the bench. So he was a significant contributor. And I think there are a lot of the players on the team now that respect that greatly. So I think that was a great hire. We do have news from the football world. The Tennessee Volunteers have completely, I mean, they've hit a reef and they are in splinters. They have 20 players that have hit the portal. You got to wonder how how much more luck Hendon Hooker can stand to encounter, you know? Yeah, when I first heard this, I'm no fan of Tennessee, so I kind of chuckled about it because they allegedly cheated big time and they still suck. If you're going to cheat, you might as well do it big, you know? That's for, for Hand, and I feel truly, truly bad for him because going to get to go to the SEC next year, playing the best conference in the nation. And I'm sure, I don't know that the starting job was going to be handed to him, but you had to believe as a, as a senior he was going to be the starting quarterback. And it was going to be a great opportunity. And whether he succeeded or failed, we were all rooting for him to succeed. And now who knows what's going to happen. And he's not going to have anybody throw the ball to or protect him when this is all said and done. I saw they lost one of their top offensive linemen. He already transferred to Oklahoma. So I bet you the exchange is going to be interesting because, oh, Rocky Top is close enough that I would imagine that Tech is starting to fish at that particular pond as it spills out. There are probably some really good players that they could potentially interest in coming east a little bit, you know? Last year, our top recruit for 2021, or 2020 it was, was Jalen Hyatt, a receiver out of South Carolina, and he was all hokey for the longest time. He was committed for a while, and all of a sudden, he was gone to Tennessee, and then then you hear about McDonald's bags full of cash, and I'm not saying that's what happened with him, but that was reported by Dan Patrick, who's been pretty reputable. So I, I don't know if that's what happened to Mr. Hyatt here, but things come into focus a little better when you hear how good they recruit. They were on a roll during the pandemic. I mean, well, we're still in the pandemic, but they were on a roll throughout the year before the season started. I mean, they were at a top five class at one point. Of course, we knew it wasn't going to sustain because Alabama's always going to pull to the top. Ohio State's always going to pull to the top. But they were on a roll and we were like, how are they getting all these guys when they're when they're terrible? Well, I, I think we may now have the Man. answer. You know, as that falls apart and that shakes out, maybe they do a careful sort through the pile and look for the good and maybe make a couple of kids some offers. It wouldn't hurt to help the depth. And not that Tennessee was any good of late, but they did have some really good players hanging around. They definitely have some good players. And their offensive line was really good. And I know yeah, we could good. use a couple of O-liners. Cade Mays and Darnell Wright were, were big-time gets, and they lost the other kid to Oklahoma. I mean, he's good enough to go to Oklahoma, then he's good. So Yeah, so we'll see how that one shakes out. I'm more interested in who they hire as a coach. I mean, they, they, I saw today they finally got an athletic director from UCF, so I don't know much about him. I know he's done a good job as far as the UCF football program getting it on track in the last several years, but who are they going to hire as a coach? I mean, do you remember how bad that coaching search was last time when they had essentially hired Greg Schiano and then the whole the whole state revolted? Yeah, and they had Lane Kiffin before, which is like that was shoot, like was that shoot me in the head. Do you remember the time the Hokies stomped him? I think it was the Peach Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And after the game, Kiffin wouldn't even shake Coach Beamer's hand. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, Tennessee, okay, they still fill their stadium. They still go crazy. The Vols are still the Vols. 
but it's just one of those things that you kind of, it just gives you that creepy feeling. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the article. I realized the article wasn't real popular. I am asking people to go back and read it again. And, you know, if you hadn't read it, please. It's not like Mr. Brilliant article or anything. It's just a tour through the fact that NCAA Division One has the Knight Commission has found all sorts of stuff that really means that this is a professional football league or a semi-pro league of some kind or another. And they've got to start treating it differently because there's some serious systemic problems going on and it will continue until they actually admit what's happening and deal with it in the open. That's just my opinion at this point. I think that to save amateur college football, they really need to separate the two. And we'll see how that eventually shakes out because you know that this level, it's already been told that the Justice Department told the NCAA that their name, image, and likeness proposal was unacceptable, that it wouldn't pass muster, and that they needed to go back and revisit it again. Don't publish it. Don't try it, which because they haven't even put any trial balloons out there, we have not a clue. And that's the reason why I talked about Tennessee first. We're probably going to close this one out on that note, which is, you know, things are changing in college football and we're going to see more Tennessees happen until things get straightened around. And let's hopefully that we straighten it around and the powers that be in the NCAA straighten it around without having to have the congressional cattle prod stuck somewhere in the back and try to clean this up themselves. True. Coaching turnover is a part of the uh, landscape now, like the NFL is two, three years, they move you out and get the next guy in. That wasn't the way in college because it was a little harder to get those funds in some places, but now they're finding them and their college is about the same way. Now you get three years, the days of Coach Beamer get that many years to get it turned around and it's long gone. So Yeah, so the attitude has changed. Instant gratification is, this, is where we yeah. are. Yeah, and like I said, the focus is now on wins and losses and not on the student athlete being educated at the college level. So at some point, that's somebody's going to address that and fix it. I'm hoping. Ours is just a report, maybe give an opinion every once in a while, but we really don't have much say, do we? Okay, that's it for this episode. Our next segment coming up, it's going to be just on general Hokie sports, taking a look at the baseball team, women's basketball, which sort of struggling a little bit this year. They lost some players last year and, and a little momentum. There is a lot of things going on. Otherwise, we got a draft pick, a number one draft pick for soccer, just in general, nothing huge or stupendous, but we'll be visiting what, what we know and what we could at least mention so that everybody feels like they're part of this party. So, Brian. How do we end all this? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.